0: is Padme. Is she safe?
1: Hello and welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. My name is Roger Heathers. With me, as always, is my co-host, Declan Kitchener. How are you, Declan? I am
0: fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good.
1: I'm good. <laughs> that I'm w- is good to hear. I'm well. Yeah, we're back for another episode and the first one of an actual... Part a proper a new- run. A new run? Yeah. Seven new songs each. We're so out of practice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, But for anyone who's new to the show, um, this is a show where um, Declan and I each write a song in the space of a week And we bring the songs um, to the podcast and we discuss how we wrote them and the influences and the chords and the lyrics and all that good stuff And uh, yeah, we're back with a new one and it has been a a gap between when we had to write last So, how have you found that?
0: It's been interesting trying to get back into it because... We didn't quite leave it as long as a year, which we ended up leaving it last time due to multiple circumstances mm. uh, but we did... I don't know about you, but we did start this again later than I was expecting, just purely because of everything that happened with my work and all of that
1: sure, yeah,
0: uh, so yeah, it's getting back into it like I was saying to someone at work when I was trying to figure out stuff on the guitar like it's amazing how quickly you fall back into bad habits,
1: mm. Like what? Like what?
0: Well, just like you know, your little cheats that you always use and that you've always been trying to get away from, and then like uh, they just come back in droves when you try and songwrite, and you just think, oh man, yeah, oh, gotta work extra hard to try and break out of this this week.
1: Yeah, no, I totally get that. In fact, um, I'm sure we'll get into it later. But I've actually kind of set myself some, not rules, you know, because you can, I'm, I'm allowing myself to to break these. They're not rules; they're guidelines. <laughs> And uh, just things like um, chord changes that I've done so many times in the previous writing where I'm like, okay, just try and avoid them, you know what I mean? Or like try, try doing this more often from now on or approach lyrics differently, that sort of thing. Just to kind of have some kind of fresh approach this time.
0: Yeah, it would be nice to have a couple of weeks where we
1: have like challenges or something like um,
0: mm. include this or include that.
1: That'd be good. Well, not all the time. Unless, that... uh, and not like last time when we had like such um, restrictive challenges. It was just like you say, just stuff like, hey, why not throw this in? This week we'll throw...
0: Yeah, it doesn't you know. have to be all based around one concept. But we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit.
2: Yes.
0: Uh, <clears throat> The fact that we are back and recording and neither of us has tried to escape from the room yet means that we both have songs. That's and right. in this case, I think uh, you're first, aren't you?
1: I am first this week, yeah. Uh, we take it in turns who goes first every week. And uh, yeah, God, OK, the first uh, song of the run.
0: I'm really looking forward to this. Like, as it's probably been mentioned before on other things, particularly on the last episode where we were just talking about Roger's album, I'm basically Roger Heathers' biggest fan. And
1: I'm looking forward to this immensely. Oh, you. Okay, this Pay song. Pay me later. <laughs> uh, this song's called Reverie, and it goes like this.
0: Is that part of <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Just like, hello, Wembley! This song's called Reverie! <laughs> what? The hell? It was wild.
1: <laughs> okay, here we go.
3: sold with every situation that I find I'm getting smaller as I drift away and leave you all behind I'm running low on what you gave to me to remedy the bruises and the hunger that I hide and all I'm left with is the memory to Take me from your side, side And if you want, you can see me as I walk on by See me as I catch your eye And drift into reverie one last time I'd like to take the time to show you around this world of mine Where everyone and everyone is free I used to live inside the houses on your street when I was young I've come to talk to you and offer you a remedy For every complication that you find Cause at your age you can't just walk away and leave it all behind Behind. If you want, you can see me as I walk on by See me as I catch your eye and slip into reverie one more time See me as I walk on by. See me as I close my eyes and slip into reverie one last time.
4: Woo!
1: Thank you. Yeah, that's that's reverie. That's That's the new one. That's really cool. I really do
0: like that. well, I suppose just get started at the beginning. I would love the way that you sort of incorporated the melody into your um, chord work and your finger picking there, which um, it's actually something I was trying to do for week two's song because you know we've already started writing. But I feel I might have to give that up now, seeing if you've done it so well there.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it it started out as being a guitar piece, so it kind of it had to kind of follow that tra- trajectory um somewhat. Um. So the whole thing started. Um, at the beginning of the week, when we obviously we have seven days to run on the first day, you and I both had something on the first day, didn't we? I know I did. We, th- we thought we did. We thought we did. <laughs> 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 okay. You may have done, well, I, all I, I may not have done. All I had was this. The intro, basically.
0: you only had this brilliant chord sequence what a shame <laughs> however did you manage <laughs> well
1: I, I came up with that and i was like i'm happy with that like that that's a good intro to a song but you know sometimes you only have an intro to a song i was like what is what could i possibly follow it with i was like because that's so melody heavy already i was like singing over the melody and it just didn't really work so i had to i just postponed it and left it go until the like the sixth day or something like that when i finally finished it wow
0: it's quite like when you were you're saying there, like um i didn't want to just sing over the melody which is something i'm not sure if you've done that before but when i do piano songs i just tend to sing the melody that comes out of Arpeggiating the chords, Mm. but I like the fact that you've not done that, and this time round you've actually uh, when you get to those chords in the chorus. So it's a different tune, a counter melody almost. If you want, yeah, it sort of breaks up the rhythm quite nicely. Is this what? Because you sent me a text earlier in the week uh, saying. I think I may have written the coolest chorus in the world by accident. (laughs) Is that what you're referring to?
1: Pretty much, yeah. It was just one of those things where I thought that after what was going to be the chorus in my head, I would go, you know, and then just go back to an instrumental break, right? Yeah. But then by the time I got to what is now the chorus, the, you know, if you want that bit, um, I was like, I just started playing that part again, and then I, you know, sometimes you get just like a melody come to you that just fills a gap. And I was like, it's just, just a place filler. <laughs> if you want, you can. And then for some reason, I didn't play this chord, which is in the intro. I played I A seven. Th- th- and I was like, oh man. <laughs> and then, and then because i had already placed this like place filler, different rhythm, different melody thing into the chorus with the if you want. I was like, oh, okay. And then and then it's one of those things where I was just trying to write it as fast as I could just to get it all down, and then I was just recording the initial idea, because the whole chorus came at once, and that's why I said it was completely by accident.
0: Well, it's kind of a cool little... Because um, you're based in F major, and just going to that uh, A major brings you up to a major third, in the same way that using mm. a D uh, major uh, is your major sixth, which you use in the verses. I'm just going to get sidetracked here. I do love one little thing you do in the verse. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what lyric this falls under, but I'm just going to try my best to play. So you're in F. Well, technically you're in E because you've detuned this week, but um, yeah, for the sake of argument let's say F. Sure, sure. And that involves having your 4 as a B, 5 as a C, and then is a G minor what I quite like is that you end one phrase on C then you go to the minor fifth C minor to uh, to D7 which is your major sixth to get back to your natural two yes yes which is kind of it's like the five of two which is something that's really arresting and interesting compared to mm. but it sort of brings you back home not quite nicely Or not home, but, like, into the same key area, if that makes sense. Absolutely.
1: I mean, that was a cool uh, moment in writing for me where I was like, I think I texted you at some point saying, next time we do a weekly song run, I want to use more minor fifths, uh, like uh, a minor version of the fifth degree of the scale, like you just said in F. uh, The normal uh, fifth degree is C, but to change that to a minor creates a much different feel, which is less common in popular music.
0: It's reminds me of a trick which is not necessarily how it's used here but there's a trick of like you begin a chord sequence on a major or a minor and you end on the opposite of that. A good example is um, I'll be back by the Beatles. It begins on a minor. You know, if you say, then I'll be back again. Ends Mm. on a major.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which gives this
0: real interest. Another good one to check out for that is the main chord sequence for Little Black Submarines by the Black Keys.
1: Mm.
0: Which, again, it starts on a minor, ends on a major.
1: It's cool, isn't it? It creates such a... It's one of those ones that pricks up your ears and you go, what was that,
0: you know? Yeah, because it it almost doesn't register up until it has to go straight back to, like, the other way around. Like, if it's a minor changing directly to a major or directly to a minor if it's the other way around. Mm. And you just think, oh, how did we get there? And it makes you listen the second time around.
1: (laughs) Totally. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I I love anything that's kind of unusual, but... uh, because the intro was so complex, and like I said, I didn't want to just sing over what was already the guitar or instrumental intro.
0: It works quite nicely on piano, it doesn't work so well normally on guitar.
1: No, exactly. So I, I left it a few days, and then I, I came back and I was like, what if, in contrast to this sort of like finger plucked, all over the strings instrumental part, I just have kind of, like the most simplistic on the one for quite a while actually, it stays on the one quite a while. For the verse to have some kind of contrast, Um, and then obviously I've got my two with G minor for you know the sake of the podcast. Yeah. um, C, and then to go to the C minor uh, because I knew I wanted to use more minor versions of the five chord. I just thought, ah, I'm on the five. Why not make it a minor after that? And then which led me, like you say, nicely along. Because
0: that's like a pseudo um, one five. uh, Sorry, four five one of G. Because mm. in G major, uh, the four and the five are C and D, uh. which you've managed to sort of subtly do that there, but then keep it feeling in F.
1: I. It's not... That was not intentional. I'd love to take credit for that, but
0: well, it's just sometimes the way these things work out. Like you think, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, that's how it works.
0: <laughs> but um, it's yeah. like what you said before. Like, um, let look at how clever I am and look what I've discovered music can yeah, do. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, you know, the more you study the art, the more the art reveals itself to you, sort of sort of thinking.
0: So wise. Much well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Much well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, other than that, the only downside, I suppose, is that it's like just two sections. In a sense, you know, it's just first chorus, first chorus. That, that might not
0: be so bad a problem. Um, or at least a problem shared. Oh, you and
1: I are in the same boat, are we, this
0: week? Well, I actually took it... Um, this is getting a bit of ahead of ourselves, but the reason I sort of had that structure is because I knew you used it a lot, and I quite like it when you do ah. it well. Um, but like I say, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Um, we
1: haven't even talked about the lyrics at all. Is there anything you want to say about those? Um, I was trying to think earlier like how to how to talk about them
0: um, and the answer is i didn't
1: I didn't <laughs> um, Can I talk about them vaguely?
0: talk about them as specifically or vaguely as you like
1: so basically i two things i wanted to try in this run was one to make uh use of more minor versions of the five chord in a major scale song like this you know using the mm. c minor which i did and the other thing was um i didn't want to write all these songs about um uh sort of my past and future but i thought to myself if i get stuck lyrically Instead of going to a book or just kind of leaving it for the day or whatever that I can normally do, what I'll do is if I I get stuck lyrically, I'll write as if I'm writing to myself in the past or myself in the future or as if I was myself in the future, talking to myself now. You know, that sort of like... um... An open
0: letter to yourself.
1: Exactly. Well put. Um, So I was thinking of doing that. So a lot of this song came to that. So, you know, the idea of reverie and memory come up a lot in this. Um... I won't do the boring thing of highlighting each individual bit and who it's to, Aww. and all that sort of thing. <laughs> but, I mean, some of it's, like, <laughs> fairly straightforward. Um, but, you know, I just kind of, like, each line is to a different point in my life. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, I guess the chorus is, like, um, saying to people who I know, like, oh, if you if you see me sort of, like, drifting off, I'm probably thinking of the past or the future. It's quite a simple sort of thing, really. But um yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. It's just sort of an open letter to to myself in a way. <laughs> I love myself and it's an egotistical song. Yeah. So
0: I am Narcissus Reborn. <laughs> Podcast title. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> great not episode one, but you know
0: <laughs> that's great. Episode whatever number on. Uh but yeah. That's really cool, I really like that
1: Thanks a lot, yeah, I mean like I say, unless you've got anything to to add I can't really think of much more to say about the song as it's fairly a simple start, you know, simple first song for this run
0: Not as simple as mine Um, But yeah, I love the core work in that And uh, it's really sort of in your comfort area of this sort of mixture of old-timey But not just like nostalgic, if that makes sense Yeah Like you've really got this sort of texture to your songs now where they distinctly feel like your creations, which I really like.
1: Thank you. Well I think just one last thing is with the um, old timey thing I've been listening to two songs and playing two songs on the guitar so much recently the first one is one called When I Leave the World Behind by Irving Berlin. I was
0: going to say Irving Berlin.
1: uh, Which is just such a brilliant song. And then the other one is this song. It was written by this guy Irving something, but it's not Berlin. And I, I haven't really researched the, the writer himself very much. But the Carpenters Mr. did. Mr. Irving. Yeah, there's this there's this um, standard, or whatever, that the Carpenters did. It's called um, I Can Dream, Can't I?
4: i
3: my heart is a
4: sad affair. There's much disillusion there,
1: But I can dream right, and it's, uh, it's not like the most well-known song, but I got the album Horizons the other day. And... Oh, is
0: this the one you were sending me with um, the end of side one?
1: Uh, no, that was another Carpenters album. I've been listening to loads of that stuff recently. It's almost like you're a Carpenters fan. <laughs> but, I mean, just that whole era of, like, Gershwin and Irving Berlin and stuff, like, the chord work in, that, in those songs is just amazing. But, like, they, they don't come across as like, hey, look at this smart, jazzy piece of music. Like, When I Leave the World Behind, it has some amazing chord changes in it, but it just sounds like a nice song. It's not anything, like, mental.
0: This is kind of, like, what I like about when you start looking into, like, musicals and everything, because you think of them as, like, being silly little three-chord songs just mm. to move the plot along. But then when you find, like, really clever writers who are actually using very complex chords and, like, uh, like if you've ever tried to play, for example, Be My Guest, uh, or Be Our Guest from Beauty and the Beast...
1: I've seen you play it before, and I I love the it's, movements in it.
0: It's really tricky to try and do if you're trying to incorporate all the things to get the proper feeling in there. Yeah. So it's... It's sort of like, like you say, it's this really clever work, but not showing off. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, same thing, like I tend to find with uh, bands like ABBA and everything. Like you probably mm. find with the Carpenters. Mm. Like, um, you know, it sounds really simple and really cheesy and like one note. But when you actually take it apart, there's a lot more oh, going yeah. on than you actually like can see at surface level. Definitely. We are just getting to be fanboys now.
1: We are. But I mean, that's, I mean, just one last little thing is with the Carpenters and ABBA and all these people, but especially Carpenters for me at the moment, I think the deceptive thing is the vocal melody and the the, uh, the topic of the lyrics is usually just like kind of quite a major scale type of straightforward melody. Not unlike say a nursery rhyme or something, but it's the way that it's reharmonized chordally. It's why the Carpenters are so good to me, because like Karen Carpenter has this lovely, uh, visceral voice that anyone can listen to, they go, oh, great voice, wow, I love the voice. But then Richard Carpenter, on the other hand, who is so underrated as, as an arranger, in my eyes, he's reharmonizing everything, he's adding in these cool chords, but like you say with Disney, not to be like a show-off, but just to be like... Because it's more interesting. It's more interesting, and it's why I think their songs are so enduring. Anyway, I mean, that's me... Spouting on about the carpenters for this episode. Yeah, We
0: could literally just be here like um for the rest of the podcast just talking about uh artists and bands and things we like. In fact, one time uh this may not go in the episode, but like if we ever do like vinyl and alcohol again, mm. it'd be good to record one of those.
1: Yeah, it would wouldn't it? Uh
0: and just like us discussing the music as it's playing in the background quietly. God knows how we get around the copyright, but that'd be lovely to do.
1: Oh, nobody knows about us, would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> we could upload the White Album in its entirety and nobody would care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, that's, um, that's my song for this week, and uh, I want to hear yours. Come on. Yeah.
0: It's not quite as cool. It's also a lot simpler. Cool, so this is um my song for this week. It's probably going to get a bit of editing on the fly. Um, it's called Creatures of Instinct unless I change my mind by the end of the performance
4: son step behind on a good day With shade and a sea breeze to follow A man left behind marks the right way A step set before her fell hollow What's up? and
1: Thank you. I really like that. <sighs> that looks like a harp one to play too.
0: Um, it's more tricky on the chorus bit because you're having to do like diminished chords and it's just like,
1: why did I choose to do this in E? <laughs> okay, right. So the first thing I think I'm thinking, I think everyone who is listening is thinking who isn't a chord work. Explain that chorus because it's amazing.
0: <laughs> really? That, okay.
1: that is a song that is that comes from a seasoned... Writer, somebody who's been writing a long time.
0: It's, no, it isn't. It's someone who. It's a chord sequence that comes from someone who's obsessed with diminished chords. Um, Same thing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: That's I, I what
3: songwriting is.
1: Yeah, I try
0: my best to put them in as many places as I can, uh, because of George Harrison. Like I was watching something of his son discussing like how we will just like drop diminished chords in, like um, uh, "Beware of Darkness." It's um, the second chord that, watch I not beware take care of veins
4: that linger
0: is where diminished chords happen there so i just try and stick them in wherever I can uh, but to answer the question that you asked the chorus starts on an E and um, just pedalling the root note there it's just um, even though I know I can have to hold you that second chord is um, basically just E but with the root note and the first octave of that moved up to F, so in effect it becomes F diminished. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes, uh, just because uh, I'm sort of half deliberately, half unavoidably a sloppy player, you get the uh, top E ringing out, which okay. gives um, a bit that sort of a. Uh, dissonance to mm,
1: it. Yeah, semitonal dissonance.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's just sat around twice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then um, the next bit...
4: It's
0: just taking uh, that F uh, diminished mm-hmm. up a semitone, so it becomes S-sharp diminished, mm-hmm. and then into... Because technically we're still meant to be in E. Well, meant to be, but... Uh, that goes up to F sharp minor.
4: Even though, yes, I know.
0: Which <laughs> That's um,
4: great. Such
1: a cool movement.
0: It's just literally changing that to that. And then up to a G. Mm. But again, sli- slightly deliberately, slightly half, not deliberately, sloppy player. So the E comes through uh, for all of that. Which um, it's kind of like a Foo Fighters kind of thing. Like uh, I think Dave Grohl said before, that it will just let the bottom strings ring to give it a bit more. Uh, wait. Sure. Uh, which is... Oh, because that's that sort of... The way the vocal sits on it, I kind of think, is sort of Foo Fighters-E.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah, I agree. I know what you mean.
0: Particularly when it gets... It's not designed like this, but when it gets to the...
1: Yeah, particularly that the Yeah. Can I just say, right? And I don't mean to harp on about this chorus, but I'm gonna, right? We talk about semitonal movement on this show, and we really like it. And, you know, it's that I, I try sort of
0: my best to not use it, and I failed. <laughs> well, it's like we talk
1: about stuff like
3: <laughs>
1: that's a good example of semitonal movement, right? That's normal. so semi- What you've done with this semitonal movement in this chorus, I've never even thought of. It's like the way that you've got things like diminished moving to minors, and then, you... but it's still going up in a fairly conventional way outside of the scale. Um, it's really cool. It's got this sort of, like, really dark... Um, I always think of, like, those diminished things as, like, a vampiric feel, you know?
0: Okay. Are you so saying I, I really I'm a
1: vampire? Like <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're sat in a sunny room and <laughs> you're okay, so I don't know.
0: That's what you think. I'm deliberately staying as much in the shade as I can to stop the burning.
2: Yeah. It burns.
0: But, yeah, that's basically all there is to that chorus, apart from the... Uh... Which is just the same bit that's at the end of the verses. uh, But just, I didn't have any other way to resolve it. And I thought, you know, sod it. I've already got it. May as well get a money's worth out of it.
1: Well, this might not be good um, for listeners, but for your viewer, me. um, (laughs) What are those chords there?
0: Okay, well, um, I may as well just switch over to talking about the verse. Um, Uh uh, Because there's... Two versions of that sequence one is the end of the first bit of the first which is Ew. and then the second one is uh, the one that happens every other time so the first one is um, essentially it's just A major uh, no it isn't Ooh. yes it is uh... <laughs> I'm clever um, it's A major 7 with a suspended B <laughs> So, for those of you of your guitar at home, it's op- starting at the A string, open, six, six, five, seven.
1: Uh huh. And then. To just the major seven?
0: Yeah, just the major seven. So that seven becomes a five. Uh, so open, six, six, five, five. And then just C and B. C. And then the first time round, that third chord is. Uh, not a clue what it's called, but um. It's cool though, isn't it? It's open six five five eight.
1: Kind of got this like major and diminished type of feel. I'm not saying that's what it is, but it's what it sounds like to me.
0: It could quite easily be uh. A flat diminished. It could also be. A minor with a major seven in there. Okay. I have no idea which it is.
1: It's really cool. You've got some really. Especially like, um. You've got some uh, some chords in there, which uh, I wouldn't normally attribute to your style of writing, if that makes sense.
0: Well, you know what it is? Um, I was trying to come up with several chord sequences throughout the week, and I was just not feeling any of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, one of my albums I've been listening to a lot this week uh, is the new Lorcanum one. Mm-hmm and uh, he's got some really nice jazzy chord sequences on his albums, and so is Tom Mish, but I'm obsessed with the two of them at the moment. Mm. I was just... uh, I got home from work the last day of writing, just jumped in the shower and just started humming one of the tunes to myself, and I thought, hold on, why don't I just try and write like all these sort of nice jazzy chord sequences? Why don't I try that? Yeah. Which is where the weirdness comes from, which starts off with... um, (coughs) Which is just E major 7, a little uh, melody going to C major 7.
1: Which is great, because by the second chord you're already non-diatonic, which means out of scale. Yeah. Which is great.
0: Which is why those um, weird chords that you like so much, the... (laughs) all centred around A and B. Mm, Yeah. Because they sort of got to move you back to E.
1: So you're using your 4 and 5... Um, it's really weird like when you play it when you're describing it you play the chords by themselves it's like definitely a jazz chord definitely a jazz chord when you play it together it it has the sound of just a rock song you know what I mean
0: well that's the thing like it was originally going to be a lot more um, sort of calmer like more how like Tom Mish might play something mm. um, go and check out his album he's much much better than I am and he's really cool um, but like that sort of feel
1: yeah
0: and then I was sort of lost for something to do so I just went and then developed the chorus out of that and because you're sort of hammering on that e you sort of, I just ended up going faster and more like intense yeah so that by the time so you'd start like... And then by the time you've got to the... uh... You've already, like, sped up and intensified so much. It's almost
1: like the song wants to be that fast. Yeah. To me.
0: It's like, oh, okay.
1: Can I just say something (laughs) you made me think of as well? It's like, I found this, and I used it in my song too, like, a technique for when you're stuck on what the next section should be is go to your root and stay there for a while and see what the root chord I mean of the scale. And stay there for a while, and just see what comes from that, because that's how I got my verse, and that seems to be how you got your chorus.
0: I have not heard that advice, but that's pretty. That's pretty cool. I'm gonna have to bear that in mind if I ever get stuck again. But that sort of approach, like go to the root and see what happens, is also why the chorus lyrics are like they are. Mm. They don't mean anything. They're just literally the first words that rolled out of their mouth, like uh, yeah, like
4: just <laughs>
0: like it's just sort of first thing that fit that rhythm
1: but that, i think that's part of the reason that those type of sections that just kind of roll out of your mouth like the same with my chorus too happen that way it's just the the syllables sound right the rhythm is right for the melody that's sort of, and then you get the uh, certain set of lyrics that maybe don't make a lot of sense but maybe they do maybe the listener hears it because i got meaning from that when you sang that I was like, I I get that how that fits into the general theme of the song to me anyway, you know.
0: Well, here's an interesting reversal. Before I actually explain why the lyrics ended up the way they are, what do you get from them?
3: <laughs> okay, all right. Um... <laughs> That's now his actual in... laugh,
1: folks. <laughs> now you're in my trap, Roger. <laughs> Um, okay, what do I think they're about? Okay, just roughly guessing, stabbing in the dark here. Um, I think they are about
2: pain and misery.
1: Potentially meeting new people or, or, uh, let me, let me get this thought out. Meeting new people or having people come into your life and then, uh, I don't know you have your habits already established and you have a life of your own already established and then they come in and then it's about making that connection with them. That's what I got from it.
0: Okay. That's much more deeper meaning there and is actually there. <laughs> um, basically, the way it got started was like I was stuck on that that bit for ages. Yeah. I just thought, like, okay, I need to think about an experience or something. And, um... I just uh occasionally if I get bored of a day I just tend to go out for you know a walk somewhere I'll pick somewhere on Google Maps and think like you know what never been there mm. let's um just have a you know it's within half an hour of the house let's just have a walk yeah uh and I've done that in Cornwall as well like um you know what I haven't been to Newquay for a while I'll yeah. go there for an afternoon
1: uh-huh.
0: uh so that's essentially what that first bit is about sun step behind on the good day wheel shade and the sea breeze to follow It's hmm. just about you know going out somewhere having a bit of walk bit aimless not really anything to do mm-hmm. uh, which again feels like um, you know to feel right ease on the wrong path set off as a famous explorer it's like pretentious as, but <laughs> uh, I get it But it's kind of that sort of thing which then sort of gets ruined by the time the chorus comes around because like like I said, it doesn't mean anything. It just felt right. Hmm. It just came into my head one day, man. And...
1: <laughs> it's just a vibe, man, you know. Yeah. No, yeah I'm, I'm,
0: a, I'm aware of how silly this sounds, like speaking out loud. But, but
1: you and I, we both have to, have to describe lyrics on the podcast. And it, or, I mean, I talked about writing letters to myself. <laughs> Come on, you're right. You're fine. Oh, yeah, I think
0: something I've said to you before is that if there is a time to get pretentious, it's on a songwriting podcast. Exactly, we
1: have a license and we uh... will show it.
0: But yeah, then um, it's sort of thought, well, they're so disconnected anyway. I may may as well just continue the theme in verses three and four. Yeah. (laughs) um, Okay, go on. uh, So again, it's just like that same sort of thing, like um, sending out distant horizons, adventure, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, There is one bit that isn't quite like that. Like the last couple of lines the self centered mind I'm leaving is almost exactly essential. Um, that phrasing of the last little bit, it's almost exactly essential. I watch um, a a D and d stream called High Rollers. Mm-hmm. And one thing they say on there... I don't know if this is, like, one of their private catchphrases or something they're referencing from someone else. Uh, whenever, like, something takes down precisely the amount of points that you need to, like, kill a character, it's like... It's almost exactly lethal! <laughs> so it's just like... I, like... That phrasing, so that's why it's there. Like it's almost exactly essential. So it's quite a light song,
1: really, and I was completely wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, I was just interested to see what you read out of it, then, um because, uh, like I said, it's just bits of words bunged together. Like it's not necessarily something with a lot of specific meaning. More, uh, again, sounding like a bit of a pretentious person here, but like it's got like an emotional meaning.
1: It's totally get it. I mean. You're talking to me. I mean, that's why I write my songs too. I mean, I, I, and you know, I'm not a huge fan of songs that are about this one thing. It's a short novella about a th- like. That's not what songs are to me. Songs are emotional vehicles, and the chords carry most of the emotion to me. The words just kind of help them out.
0: Well, I think the thing is, uh, we've discussed this before that I'm really, I really consider myself a musician first. Like, um. If I was someone who cared about putting loads of words in the right order, I'd be a poet, and I'm not.
1: Yeah, I'd be a terrible poet. Yeah, I'd be a terrible poet
0: as well. Um, I've just ended up talking about laser dinosaurs or something. But, um, yeah, like, I barely listen to words. Like, um, again, we've discussed this before, but I don't, like, turn on to something because it's got a really nice message or, you know, some really nice lyrics. One lyric may pop out at you, mm. but, like, if it hasn't got a strong melody, I'm going.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I was, I came up with this half-baked thing. I've, I haven't even said it. Out a loud. cookie! Need <laughs> to go. Yeah. Uh, what, how long ago did you bake this? In the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just thinking about this thing yesterday, like, Kind of comparing songwriting to films, right, or, or a TV show, right? Say there's like this. Say you turn on a film on, on the telly, and they, it's filmed, it's just one long shot, and it's kind of boring. There's no real editing or cutting or, you know, nice establishing shots or anything like that. Like, even if the story is touching eventually because of the narrative of it, you still want that um, substance over subject. To an extent, at least at the beginning, because like uh, the way I kind of think thought of that was like if you got a three chord song, which is about something really beautiful, or like a relationship or whatever. It's not as interesting as, you know, maybe the, if the lyrics were lesser, but the chords changed a lot. The production changes a lot in your ears. And, you know, that's the equivalent of a TV show that is well edited and well executed.
0: Yeah, it doesn't necessarily need to be like setting the world on fire. Like I've recently got back into T-Rex in a big way. And a lot of the... I was literally saying this to you before the podcast. Like, a lot of Mark Boland's songs fall around the 12-bar blues format, but the turnarounds change. Mm. And there's, like, nice sort of subversions of melody and everything. It's, uh, you know... That's all you really need, just to make something a bit more your own. Which is... uh, I I would like to slightly disagree with that uh, film and TV thing. Like, you can have, like, really static action, but, like... The absence of action drawing you in kind of thing. Like, yeah. Particularly with directors like Kubrick, who are really slow and really methodical. Like, um you know, Barry Lynn, there's not a lot of cutting and editing in that. It's just where they are is really cleverly put.
1: And Fair point, it's, it's, yeah. it's a very
0: flat film uh, with not a lot of action in it.
1: But yeah, true.
0: It's still really, at least to me, it's really engaging. But, you know... That's, uh, you know, you're just coming up with a broad metaphor and going, well, I've got a specific example that proves you're wrong. No,
1: no, I I completely get that. Like I said, it was just something I was thinking about last night watching TV. But but it does, like,
0: um, it it does hold up as an an analogy in the grand scheme of things. I think, like, if you you need something interesting going on, Mm. whether that's a story that grabs you immediately, which is almost impossible to do, or, like, a visual style that sort of hooks you in and makes you care yeah uh or whether it's just a twenty ton robot destroying a city you know that's <laughs> a, that's enough to that's visually interesting enough for me to get involved in your story which is kind of not necessarily enough for me to stay,
1: but you know <laughs> that's kind of the black sabbath of filmmaking yeah <laughs> okay so um we actually have an email um we' we've, we've had an, an in, uh, bleh, 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 bleh. we've had an email we have yeah it's uh it's from our buddy Ruben uh, So thanks for listening Ruben And uh, yeah he's actually emailed us With a song to check out So we're going to listen to it on the podcast And we're going to say what we think So what was the uh, the message that Ruben sent?
0: Uh, the message was just Hi it's Ruben this is a song that you may have heard on my SoundCloud Pretty recent Hope you enjoy it and play it on your podcast Cheers bud Because cool. I think he was uh, messaging you about your album
1: Yes beforehand,
0: Which is how he got in contact
1: that's right, yeah, and um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to take a listen. Let's do that.
2: Over and over, I wake up with that boner, and I don't know how to get rid of it. That's every morning when the day is dawning, and I'm not sure if i have just reading it. How can I be so unattentive, always thinking about useless stuff? How can I be so unattractive? Perhaps I'm only talking too rough Older and slower But I still got that boner, And I'm trying to calm it down with my hand But I need something stronger I can't wait any longer Send me somebody that will understand Why do I am so high and mighty? I guess it's cause I was only child Always taking everything Too lightly, I'll make you laugh if you never smile. I'm always frightened as years go by, and I sleep alone and I love to cry. But I never cry in front of anybody. I never told nobody that I hate my body, and I'm always frightened as tears go falling. And I'm waiting by the phone, but she ain't never calling. So I'll never talk about it unless I'm about to cry. But as I said, I never cry. How come I never tried? <laughs> And that's full of blood. And my boots of still well they're full of mud. Over always and over, I wake up with that boner. And, and I, I don't know how to get rid of it. To cry, but I've that's every morning, but When the days are dawning. And, and I'm not sure if I've just been in it. I'm older and slighter, but I still got that boner. And I'm trying to calm it down with my head. But I I'm need something stronger them, I can't wait any longer Send me somebody that will
4: understand
2: By the time I end my song I'd like to say That they're all wrong I need
1: and we're back. Uh,
0: really good, yeah. It's kind of the, this really nice sort of... Because uh, the song's called uh, How to Live Well at 17. Yes. And this really sort of, for me at least, captures the experience of being 17 in that like, half of your life is really immature and half of it is really like... Um, uh, you know, emotionally mature. So you have like lines in there like, um, I can't tell anybody that I hate my body mm. and then, oh but, you know, I'm waiting by the phone but the girl won't call me back. Yeah. It's like two sides of the same coin.
1: It uh, reminds me it reminds me quite a lot of because it's like in the category of genuine teenage songs, there's a lemon song called Lonely. And uh I remember reading a an interview with Michael Dario where he said that he wrote that when he was 15 about being a lonely 15 year old. And although like he looks back now and goes like the lyrics, uh, you know, it has a genuine quality to it. And I think the same can be said for, for this song as well.
0: Pretty much. I like, uh, I do like this sort of style of recording. It reminds me sort of, uh, somehow of like a quiet blink song mixed with T-Rex or something, particularly in the way the sort of guitars are all over the place.
4: Yeah, same. but
0: like in a nice all over the place way. Like you listen to like Metal Guru, and the guitar is literally about to fly off to another planet. <laughs> <after> it.
1: <laughs> no, it's cool. And uh, the introduction of like certain guitar tones throughout, like it's not a song that you'd necessarily expect a guitar solo in, but there are a couple moments where the lead guitar picks up with this lovely fuzzy tone, and it comes from kind of comes from out of left field, and I like that.
0: Yeah, but it sort of fits well in the context of everything uh, there, and I like the harmonies in that as well.
1: Yeah, me too. It's great. And also a good use of uh, the minor 4 chord.
0: Oh, yeah, we're big fans of the minor 4 chord.
1: When we were listening to that, I was like, is that a minor 4?
0: But uh, there we go. And uh, presumably he'll have a song, clou- a, a song cloud, a sound cloud as well, which uh, we can probably link to uh, in the description if that's yeah. not more work for you. But thank you very much for sending that one in, Ruben. Yeah, cheers, mate. Nice one. And if uh, you want to have your song played on the podcast, maybe one that you've written in the week, maybe one that um, uh, it's taking you a bit longer, but, you know... Whatever, then just send it into um, our email address, which we'll give you at the end of the show.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, thanks a lot, Ruben.
0: So that's about it for this uh, episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Uh, if you did want to get in touch with us, uh, or you um, wanted to send something in, uh, why not send us an email at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, alternatively, you can leave us a comment on uh, SoundCloud. You can head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review, because you know, it's really nice to read. Um, anything else I've missed? Uh,
1: not particularly, now Ah, in that case, where can they find you, Roger? You can find me at rogerheathers.com, where my new album is out now.
0: It's really, really good. It's one of my uh, things I've been listening to a lot this week. Uh, so I really recommend that.
1: Thank you. It's also on Spotify and Apple Music and all the streaming sites and all that. Um, Instagram, Twitter at rogerheathers. Um, where can they find you?
0: Uh, they can find me at SoundCloud if you just search Declan Kitchener. I'm the only one who turns up, I think. But uh, you can also find us both linked uh, on uh, the weekly SoundCloud, uh, weekly song podcast SoundCloud. And I think this time around I'm actually going to try and not do like proper full on versions, but like rough demos and put them up this run. Fingers crossed, if I get the time.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. Um, oh, also, two things. First of all, we've had this for a while. But we have a Facebook page. Go like us on Facebook, Weekly Song Podcast on Facebook. We also now have an Instagram account.
2: Which uh, I'm way too excited about. But, um, We're
1: both you know, excited about. It's at Weekly Song Podcast. We'll just search Weekly Song Podcast on Instagram. Uh, follow us and we'll be uh, posting, you know, pictures and that sort of thing there. And, uh, yeah.
0: Pictures and things. And pictures and things. Um... Just to let you guys know as well, we've also got some guests coming up later in the season. Potentially
1: next week, but it's not confirmed. Probably. Probably. Fingers crossed, anyway.
0: Fingers crossed. Yeah, basically, if it's just us next week, uh, you know, don't be surprised.
1: Exactly. But we're going to be around for the next uh, seven weeks or so uh, with uh, episodes every week. And they're going to be coming on Fridays, mostly. (laughs) Fridays, mostly. Expect them on Fridays, but don't be disappointed if it's a Saturday or a Sunday.
0: Yeah, we have lives and things. Um, but, yeah, I think that's just about it for this week.
1: Yeah, thank you for listening. Much appreciated, and uh, we'll see you next time. All
4: right. your to the void. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> have to stick that on the end
1: oh yeah absolutely